0: Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Cape Cod Church, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, enjoy this message in our current series, The Story Project. I'm going to jump right into it. How about we start this way? Jesus had a problem. (laughs) That's a great opening line, isn't it? Jesus had a problem. It's true. People didn't get him. They didn't get what he was trying to do. I mean, that's the whole gist of Luke chapter 15. They just didn't get him. The problem they had with Jesus was Jesus' people. The crowd that Jesus was attracting... His church, (laughs) it didn't look right. And that bothered people. I mean, it was one of the primary criticisms of Jesus. Hey, those people you're with, not great. In fact, here's how it says it in Luke chapter 15: it starts the whole of the chapter this way: it says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners. That tells you right about where tax collectors fit in the spectrum of sinners. Not much has changed. They often came to listen to Jesus teach. And this made the the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people even eating with them this became an issue in fact it was it was such an issue that that jesus decided that he needed to address it and he addresses it here in luke chapter 15 and he addresses it in the most surprising of ways he addresses it by telling three stories It's the only time we know of that Jesus told three stories to illustrate a single point. It's almost like he told the first story and then he looked at them. You know how you can tell somebody something and you can tell they don't get it? So you keep going. That's sort of what happens here with Jesus. Like he told them and they didn't get it, so he kept going. And they didn't get it, so he kept going. And I kind of got a feeling by the end of the third story, they got it. But Jesus tells, famously, the story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost boy. That's how the chapter plays out. In fact, I've, I've given you notes. Those of you who love a handout, this is your lucky day. Some of you have been around Cape Cod Church for years and years and years. For this one Sunday, I brought back fill-in-the-blanks just for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Conf- <laughs> yeah, that's- All, right. All right, quick confession. This is a commercial break. How many of you sat down first and started to fill in the blanks thinking you knew what I was going to say? Raise your hand, you guilty, guilty, guilty. There you are, I knew it. He tells the story of a, of a shepherd who had a hundred sheep and he lost one and he leaves the 99 to go after the one. And then he tells the story of a woman who had ten coins. It represented her entire inheritance and she lost one and she drops everything and goes in search of that coin and then famously he tells the story of of a father who had two sons and one son becomes a prodigal. And we've been mining that story for 2,000 years for its riches ever since. The story of a prodigal who who runs off and lives his life and wastes everything and comes to his senses in the pig pen and makes his way back to his father. Three stories about something of great value that was lost, the search that took place, and the celebration when it was, when it was found. It's, it's hard to miss what the stories were about. And it turns out they are a perfect illustration of our mission at Cape Cod Church. They're exactly what we've been talking about for the last eight weeks. In fact, I put it right down there in your notes, mission. This might not have made a lot of sense eight weeks ago, but today, my guess is it makes perfect sense. We want to help people. Discover. There's that life of discovery. A full life. Spiritual, physical. With God. Remain in me, and I'll remain in you. You see how it all comes together? We got a shorthand around here for that. If that's our mission statement, then our vision statement is what it looks like when that happens We got a two-word version of that, live fully. That's what we want to see. We want to see people live fully. And we believe that that only happens when you discover a full life with God. It's the gift he wants to give you. It's what all of this has been about. Full circle. About a year ago, one of my mentors... Gordon McDonald, who many of you know, and he's spoken here on more than a few occasions. Gordon was talking to me and he said, well, he said two things. and He said something and then he asked me something. He said, Ben, the next 10 years of your life are going to be your best years of ministry. What do you want to do with them? Now, in the moment, he was making a point also about what don't you want to do. Like, there's some things you just got to ignore and go on. But I was just caught, first, when he said, the next 10 years of your life are your best years of ministry. I was like, I like that. And then I thought, can we negotiate for 20? I'm just, I'm, I'm, I am I'm. felt like he was underselling me at 10. I'm, I'm just... So, but but I'm going to take ten, and then I'm going to renegotiate another ten-year extension after that one's over. But I but I, I got what he was saying. He was like he's like, listen, like like you've got a, a, a decade. You've spent thirty years of your life hoarding innocent. What is God doing next? And and, and I, I've been sort of wrestling through that in the middle of a pandemic. And God, what are you doing? And through this series and, and through the uh, way it came to pass. And you're going to hear more of that. I just this is what I want to do. I want to help people discover a full life with god but what does that what does that look like? like like how do I do that? and then how do we do that? What does that look like for a for a church and and, and so this weekend, vision weekend, the wrapping up of the story project i I just want to offer to you from A close look at Luke 15 and a reflection on the story project, these five ideas, these five plans, these values. They're all of that. They're things we value and they're things we plan on doing. They're looking back and they're looking forward, but they are our heartbeat. And I don't do this very often, maybe once every decade, Maybe I should do it more, but I want to do it today. Here's where it starts. It starts with the story. It starts with Jesus and this shepherd who has a hundred sheep. And here's what it says in verse three. So Jesus told him this story. He said, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? So let's, uh, let's start here. Cape Cod Church has always been, and I just want to put a stake in the ground, We will always be a place that goes and is for the one. When I say the one, I'm talking about the one who's not here yet. Our heart beats for those who don't yet believe. For the unchurched. And the unsure or the absolutely certain, you and I are crazy. That's who we're for. We're going to make space for them. We're not going to be indifferent. We're not going to be angry. We're going to be a place that loves our neighbor and makes space for the one. I've said it this way in the past, and I thought I should... I should remind us. This morning, while you are in here, people are driving by, and they see hundreds of cars parked. They can't see you, but they see your cars. And some of them are curious, but some of them are more cynical than curious. And they drive by, and here's what they think. Those people are crazy. That's what they think. You've heard them say it to you. They're on their way to a tea time or the boat ramp. And they're thinking, they're crazy. They're thinking, losers. I would never waste my time. I just want you to hear it from me. We love that guy. We love that girl. Because here's what I believe. I believe that when they drive by and think, that's crazy, in the back of their mind they think, but if I was ever going to go, I'd go there. Because I know someone, I met someone, I heard something. I'd check it out there. Our heart beats for the one who's not here yet. Every once in a while, I'll hear a whisper of criticism. I love this because there's a little bit of me that likes a good scrap. And people will say, Oh, Cape Cod Church is a good place to invite your your friends who don't go to church, it's a good place for, for new believers. There is nothing deeper than the heart of Jesus, and his heart beats for the one. And when a church loses its grip on that, when our church loses its grip on that, we are done. And it doesn't matter how deep of a truth we mine from scripture, we have lost the heart of God. Our heart beats. For the one who's not here yet. But that's not it. I got five of them. Buckle up. Next verse says, and when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I've found my, my lost sheep. So, so here's the interesting thing about this story is it? is it begins as a solo endeavor, all three of them. It begins as a a lonely shepherd and a lonely woman and a lonely son, but it doesn't end solo. It ends with friends and family, every one of them. It doesn't end with just one person off and one person coming back. It, It ends up in community. Every single story ends up in a community of friends and family. And I just want to put another stake in the ground around this. I want to put another stake as a church, as a value, as a vision, as a plan, as a heartbeat, as a place that creates a community that becomes a family. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because the closest people in your life are in this church. And when you look at them, you're like, how did we become friends? Because we have nothing in common. I mean, I, honestly, I see pictures of small groups sometimes. I'm like, how do these people manage? Here's what we've said through this series, that there's something beautiful that happens around the table, right? The unique and the weak gather around the table. doesn't hurt if you throw in a little bit of food. There's food in these stories too. You're going to notice there's food. It's, I'm telling you, it's a Jesus principle. I should have made it number six or something. But he's like, listen, l- listen. We're gonna create community, and and here's what we found as a church that that community starts often in rows, just like we're at. But it becomes family in circles. It becomes family around a table. It becomes family in a in in a smaller setting where we begin sharing. Our lives, And we've watched this happen over and over and over again for 30 years. We've watched how it's played out. We've, we've seen it in places as young as the park where moms and dads of newborns have connected. And we've seen it in Kidstown where kids begin building their first friends around a framework of faith. And we see it in the loft when kids are going off into the world of peer pressure. And all of a sudden they're finding, hey, I got some friends that share my faith. In the middle of the pandemic, we've launched a, a, a young adults gathering and creating community that becomes family. And we've got men's and women's groups that have been going for years, and it becomes groups that become family. And we've got small group groups that, that, that meet around a table, that form in a circle, and they share lives together, and that community becomes family. And I, I just want to say this, that we're not done. So our our, our vision is we're going to keep. In fact, in 2022, we're we're planning to create communities around recovery, communities around young parents, because we see both of these things. It's like, man, there's a there's a place here. There's an opportunity to create communities that become family in the area of recovery, in the area of of young families, and and. and I was talking to someone the other day, and we were talking about what I'm going to call young retired. You say, isn't that an ironic term? I said, yes, but I make it up. It's young young retired. You say, why you call them that? Because I know the one thing retired people want to be is young. I've, I've talked to you. <laughs> See, you know I'm telling the truth. That's why you wear Under Armour and Nikes, right? And I know because I'm close. I'm getting there, folks. You know, ARP is in my mail, and 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 all I'm saying is, listen, we're looking for every opportunity we can to create community that becomes family. Because church isn't about the size of an auditorium. It's about community and family. It's about relationships. It's about what God does in our lives when we invest and build in one another. Next verse. Jesus wants to explain. Remember, I mean, This is still the first story he's telling. He says, uh, in the same way, as if to explain, he's just told him about a shepherd with a hundred sheep who's lost one and goes in search of it and brings it home and, and, and calls together friends and family and has a, has a little party. He says, in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and, and haven't strayed away. And and so what he does here is he he tells this is what it's all about. This is this is the story. This is what God is doing in the world. He's He's come for us, He's after us, He wants to keep us alive. This is the whole story wrapped up into a single verse. God is after us, and He's after us to give us a gift. It's not about sheep, it's about life, and it's about life to the full and what He wants to give us. It's the whole story wrapped into one. One verse and, and so I just, I, I want to draw a third stake in the ground that, that, that will come as no surprise to you nine weeks into this st- series that we're going to tell the whole story of life with God and life to the full. If I had said that eight weeks ago, it might not have made a lot of sense, but we've been... <laughs> kind mean, of kind of hammering at home you know week after week after week The story of life and life to the full it is found with him because it's his gift and and here's what i'm saying is as, as a church we're we're going to keep telling that story we're going to We're going to keep walking with people into this story, not just individual stories, the one story of the Bible, the thing that God is doing in this world. So let me tell you where this all started. It started with a conversation two years ago. The story project. Brittany had just finished up graduate school, seminary, divinity school, and she had come back and We were figuring out, like, what's God doing next? And she was wrestling with him. She just felt God was calling her back here, and I was happy to say yes to that. And we were having a conversation. She's like, well, what do you want me to do? I remember this conversation. I said, we need to figure out how to tell the story to the next generation. You see, here's the deal. Thirty years ago, Tammy and I came and started Cape Cod Church. First two weeks, no one showed up. That was awesome. <laughs> Tammy loves my preaching. She came back the second week. <laughs> it's a true story, isn't it? I preached, didn't I? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. And over time, I figured out how to tell the story. I... And God's blessed us. And we reached a lot of people. And here's what happened. 30 years ago, I reached a lot of people who were 20, 30, and 40. Those are my peeps. It's 30 years later. And we're 50, 60, and 70. I love you. You're my peeps because I'm there with you. But at some point you look back and and churches everywhere are wrestling with like, they call it the rise of the nuns not the Catholic kind, the N-O-N-E-S nuns. That means a generation that is now the largest percentage of which say our religious affiliation is none. How do we tell the story to them? How do we bring the, the good news? I had just enough sense figure it's probably going to be someone from that generation that helps mine that story. I thought I'd give her a couple of weeks, we'd have another conversation, we'd have it figured out. It took two years. And we kept having these conversations, and about a year ago, she, she handed me something that became the story project. It was 30 pages Not what I was expecting. I'm like, do I have to read all of this? Is there like an email version? And here's the thing it didn't start where I expected it to start. It didn't start with a strategy. Oh, we have to dress cooler. We need louder music, more lights. It actually started with theology. I started reading. I'm like, whoa, girl just finished divinity school and she's putting me to sleep here. It's heavy. It's like, I'm being funny. I'm like, don't tell her. Like, is she in here? I'm reading. And I'm like, and it was all about the story. The story. What God is doing in the world, these four grand chapters that we call the spiritual laws creation, fall, redemption, restoration. It was all about chapter one. It was about why? Like, why is God doing all of this? you see a hundred years ago the liberal churches in America latched on to chapter 4 restoration we're just going to make the world a better place fundamentalism, revivalism and then evangelicalism came along and said no, 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 no you can't do anything without Jesus Christ And we latched on to chapter 2 and 3 with fierceness. We're sinners who need to be rescued by Jesus. And then he does the restoration work. But what about chapter 1? As I started reading two years' worth of work and research and interviews and conversations, I realized something we all know. We have a generation. Oh, by the way, in case you think we're talking about kids, here's what spurred all this. I read something that reminded me, in eight years, millennials start turning 50. I was like, whoa. We got our work cut out for us. And you probably know this. We have a generation that is saying, it's not enough to tell me what to do, I want to know why. 50 years ago, We had a level of biblical literacy and an understanding of the basics of the Bible that we no longer have. And the story has to begin in chapter one. It has to be rooted in why is God doing this? Who created us? Why did he create us and give us his image? Because until we've explained the why of chapter one, We won't know what we lost in the fall. And we won't understand why we even need to be rescued and redeemed. And we won't understand what it looks like to be restored. You you see... Chapter one is where we first meet the heart of God to give his people life, and life to the full. And that's where the story begins. Along the way, here's what I've discovered over eight weeks of preaching this. It's ageless. The same principles are as relevant to someone who's 52 still like me, i got another three weeks of 52. I'm clinging to my early 50s. As it is to someone who's 62 or 72, or 22, or 32, or 42, or 15, or 12. Here's all I'm saying. We're going to keep telling the story of life and life to the full with God. What that looks like, what that means. And here's what's going to happen. In 2022, we're going to be introducing a new pathway of discipleship. And I'm going to tell you, I'll just, I'll give you the picture. There's two things I think we have to be rooted in a new generation. We have to be rooted in the word and we have to be rooted in prayer. If we're not founded in those two things, we're not going to be able to have any spiritual strength in our lives. And we're going to pour ourselves into this. All right, that's three. I got two more to go. Let let me read this to you. Luke 15, 8. The, the, the second parable of the woman, I just want to read this part. Suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp, sweep the entire house, and search carefully until she finds it? it gives, it's like she, she like empties the house, clears the house, does everything she can. In other words, it's, it's this story. He's putting it in stark dollar terms. He's saying she's got 10 coins. That was her inheritance. It was like she's got 10 pieces of stock. She's got 10 things, and she loses 10% of everything. Won't she give everything she has? Won't she stop everything to find that one thing? So I just wanted to take this as a moment to talk about something of great value. Because what this passage is saying when it says, won't she light a lamp? and sweep the entire house and search carefully, was that this was worth everything. So this won't come as a surprise to you, but we just want to put a stake in the ground around generosity as a heartbeat for our church We're going to give generously so people can find life. The measure of a church is not a beautiful building. The measure of Cape Cod Church will not be how many people come or how well our performance looks. The measure of our church will be what matters. And what matters is how we give generously to others. Here's what I mean by that. Over the last five years, we've just seen God do a movement in our church community around what we do for others outside. And we've seen it grow from a a tiny fraction of what we do to some of the most significant things that are happening in our church. I've been sharing this a little bit with others about our vision for what we might be able to give away. Because the measure of our church shouldn't just be what God has given us, but what we're able to give others. How we're able to bless those outside of our walls. So our goal is to do this. We want to give away a million dollars in three years. And we started last January. So we got 25 and a half months left. Does that make you nervous? God's got this. You say, Ben, that's a little bit crazy in a pandemic. No. Let me tell you the secret. Over the last two years of pandemic, you've increased your giving to others over 25%. The very first week of the pandemic, we stood up and we said this, we're gonna lean into scarcity with generosity. We're just gonna trust God that he wants to use us to bless others. And we're gonna step into that. And we're just gonna give faithfully. And we're gonna trust God. And here's what I've discovered. When you do that, God always provides more. And he stirs something in your heart, in the heart of our church to do something for more. And we're just putting a stake in the ground that in the next three years, we're gonna give away a million dollars to bless others. And next week starts our season of generosity that flows right through Christmas so we're going to introduce to you four incredible projects here on the cape and around the globe that you can be a part of not just by giving but by going but i'm getting ahead of myself that's next week's message say what happens if we do it less than three years i'm like giddy up because because once we get there then we probably shouldn't stop dreaming about what God should do with us. And I've talked with some of my closest friends and some of the leaders here at the church, and I've said, listen, I, I, to the two years after that, God, would you enable us to give away a million dollars to bless others? And then if we do that in two years, God, would it be possible for us to give away a million dollars a year to bless others? God, what could you do to bring life to people through this group of people? Have you blessed us in such a way that you could use us to bless others across the Cape and around the world, what we call across the street and around the globe? And I believe that God can, and we're just putting a stake in the ground that says, listen, this is what God has called us to, this is what he's made us for, and we can do this together. And this this generosity, what we give, not what we get, should be the measure of Cape Cod Church. So I could be done there. And in fact, in the earliest version of this message, I actually was done there. I, I started off with three, and then I stretched it to four. And I said, well, are only going to be one service. I should give them a little bit extra. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, it's a bonus. I kept, I kept looking at it. And I sort of felt like something was missing. So, about the beginning of the pandemic, I started doing something. About every 12 weeks, I started taking a prayer retreat, just going away and praying and studying. And um, so I was away and I was reading through this passage. And, and I just felt like we weren't, we've been wrestling this. Remember, we've been wrestling. There are versions of this going back two years. And I just felt like there was a piece of it. There's, there's a piece of the heart of Cape Cod Church that's not I mean, I love all these things. There's a piece of it. I'm like, there's just something that's not there, something that's us." And then, I was reading this last story, story of the prodigal of a father who has two sons, and one of the sons says, "Hey, I'm done." Give me my inheritance. And he goes off and he, he blows it, right? He, he wastes it all. And then you remember the story. He's in the pig pen and he, he's, he's, he's broke. And he's desperate. And it says he comes to his senses and he says, I'm going home. I'll just go to work for my dad. That passage where he comes home is to me the most powerful passage in all of Scripture. It may not be for you, but it is for me. So I apologize in advance, because I have never once read it without getting choked up. So you've been warned. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll get me off. Here's what it says in Luke chapter 15. The boys come home, and he, he's greeted his dad. His dad runs out to meet him. He doesn't even get down the driveway, and his dad embraces him, in the son Son's got his speech prepared. And he's like, Dad, I, I blew it. It's all gone. It's gone. i got nothing. And he wants to be a servant. And his dad, he's having none of that. His dad says, Verse 22, quick, quick. Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine is dead. and it is now returned to life. <laughs> See what it did there? It's everywhere. He was dead. His life was a mess. Oh, he was still physically breathing, but he was a, he was a wreck. He wasn't what I intended for him. He wasn't, he wasn't fully human. He wasn't even living fully like my son, but he's home. And he was lost. And he's now found. This son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Oh yeah, there's one more sentence. Is this the best sentence in all the Bible? So the party began. Yeah. I love that. I love that. The party began. Here's what I mean. See, I don't think I'd have really captured the heart of of Cape Cod Church if I hadn't added this last one. I call it a culture of celebration. Come on. A culture of celebration that reflects heaven. What heaven celebrates, we celebrate. What heaven applauds, we applaud. Listen, we don't applaud at the end of songs because the singer sounded good. We applaud at the end of song because we agree with what they were singing. We're saying yes, that's what I'm talking about. If we were in the south, we'd say amen, but that's weird. So we just clap cuz we're northerners. Come on. That's a New England amen right there, folks. All my friends from the south, we love you. You you bring our friendliness quotient up by like 10 just by showing up on Sunday. Please keep coming. We're grumpy otherwise. A culture of celebration. I'm not, listen, we're going to look for excuses to throw a party. We're going to finish today. We got cider and donuts outside. Why? It's fall. Actually, it's fall over. I don't even care. We got cider and donuts. Why? Because Jesus loves food and we do too, right? Listen, I know they say Disney is the happiest place on earth. Why? Cost you 200 bucks to take a kid there. I mean, I love Disney, but Disney. Disney should be the second happiest place on earth. This place. Listen, where you find life. Man. (laughs) The place where we discover and celebrate life is the happiest place on earth. Where God is doing his most incredible work, and that's why we've been sharing stories. I know your favorite part of this series hasn't been my preaching. It's been those little five-minute videos. They've been amazing. There's just something about a story. Let me tell you one more, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish. I'll finish with this. Uh, I got a, I got a message from a friend, Matt. Uh, Matt uh, lives off Cape. He's a businessman. goes to a goes to another church, and we had gotten to know each other, and. And he messaged me, and we don't message that often, but he he messaged me and he said, I'm having I'm having lunch with Carl. And Carl's been going to your church for two years. And on Sunday, while watching online, he said yes to Jesus. Now, I'm like reading the message and I got questions. I'm like, who's Carl? I'm like, I didn't, how am I hearing about it this way? Like, hey, Matt, what's up? Who's Carl? This is, you've been watching for two years? You said you met in the lobby. they have been online for the pandemic. I'm like, I got to meet Carl. So Carl and I, we, we met up for breakfast. And I'm like, Carl, I got to hear your story, and he just started unwinding this story of God's work in his life. His friend Matt, that conversation, growing up in an Orthodox Jewish home, and his wife's Christian faith. And then coming to Cape Cod Church and sort of watching online for two years. That's a long time. And he said, well, you you got to that part where you, you know, you you ask for the order. I'm like, what? It's a business term. He said, you know that thing at the end of the service when you ask people to respond? He said, and I said, yes, Jesus. I love that. And he said something to me. He said, "He said, you know, um, this is back in June. He said, you've been asking for the order a lot. I'm like, yes, I have. <laughs> you noticed. Like every week. I'm going to tell you, sometimes I feel awkward about it because it's like y'all heard me say it. Every Sunday. Carl wrote me something a few weeks back. And he has home almost say this. He said, never be afraid to ask for the order. That's good preaching, Carl. That's good preaching right there. Never be afraid to ask for the order. So how do we finish all this? I'm going to ask for the order. Because maybe you've just been sitting here and you've just been wrestling with this. Maybe you've been a churchgoer all your life or maybe you just popped in for the very first time. You're like, what have I gotten myself into? I'm telling you from the very first pages of the book of Genesis, God has been after you. He wants to give you the gift of life. Jesus said it this way, I have come to give them life and life to the full. That's why I'm here. And that's what he wants to do for you. And that's why Jesus came. And that's why he died on a cross. So that your sins and my sins could be forgiven. So that one day you and I would have the chance to say yes to him and to his gift. And I'm just here to say this morning, if, You've not taken that step, that flight of faith I talked about. This is your moment. Say yes to Jesus. Would you bow with me? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. You may be sitting here and you just, you feel in the most unexpected of ways God is speaking to you. Maybe Maybe it's been a journey, a fight. Or maybe this has just been a whirlwind of God's voice spinning around in your heart saying, this is for you. You might be sitting here or watching online, doesn't matter. If that's you, and you're ready to say yes to him, I just invite you in the quiet of the moment to pray. There's no magic words. Pastor Ben and this church can't do it for you. It's the faith of your heart calling out to God that he hears. But when you do it, it's done once and for all. Let me lead you in that prayer. Father. You might pray this, Father, I need you. I want you in my life. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on a cross so that I could be forgiven. And today, I'm saying yes to that gift. I'm inviting him into my life. I want the life that only you can give. Help me now to have the full life you've made me for. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Thanks for tuning in to this message from our current series, The Story Project. If this is your first time listening, we'd love to meet you in person. We have services every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. in East Falmouth, Massachusetts, or join us for our live stream services on YouTube at the same time. If you enjoyed the Cape Cod Church podcast, we hope you'll consider leaving us a review so that other people can discover us too. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode.